0: When you talk with anyone raising kids today, you'll find that difficulties seem to abound in one form or another. Then the child enters their teens and these difficulties just seem to intensify. In the 16th chapter of the Gospel of John, verse 33, Jesus told his disciples that in this life, you will have tribulation, trials, trouble, and sorrows. So life isn't always going to be a bed of roses this can certainly include your parenting experience navigating life's difficulties in a world gone mad that's next on licensed to parent with today's guest anthony salagio Hi, I'm Michelle Hill. I'm glad you've joined us for another episode of License to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. Shepherds Hill is a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis. Our host is the founder and executive director of Shepherds Hill, Trace Embry. Trace is the author of The Miracles of Shepherds Hill, our goal, Unlicensed to Parent, is to take what we're learning each day at Shepherd's Hill and share it with you so that you can be better prepared to raise your kids in a way that honors God. You know, Trace, there seems to be evidence, well, I guess even statistics, that show America really does have a systemic mental illness problem in both kids and adults. Yet, With the comfort associated with all of our ease and affluence, why does it seem like parents are plagued with more drama, more trauma, and more trouble than ever before?
1: Yeah, well, I I think it can be argued that it's largely because of all of our ease and affluence. Uh, i said it a million times. I'll say it again. Americans uh, have now pleasured, pampered, or entertained themselves into imbecility. We've also deluded ourselves into believing that we, we don't need God anymore, nor do we even want him. But forsaking God is a, is a pattern that's, that's going on throughout world history. We're just on the downside of that pattern right now. So we now seem averse to struggle and therefore find it an unnecessary struggle to serve God. Struggle and suffering are now the unpardonable sin, if sin's even a real word anymore. But humans are going to struggle or suffer one way or the other at one time or another whether serving God or rebelling from him. Uh, Pick your poison. Jesus said as much. Right now, America has a huge drug problem, teen suicide problem, self-harm problem, violence, digital addiction problem, and mental illness problem as just mentioned. But these and more are are, are mere symptoms of the fundamental spiritual problem that exists in America today. So our trauma, drama, and troubles are largely self-inflicted wounds. In the past, we'd eventually come to recognize our spiritual drifting as a nation. Uh, that's yet to happen today. I really believe our ease and affluence has made us soft, fat, and lazy, and, and fragile, unable to endure the slightest discomfort or disappointment without having to call a shrink, take a pill, or file a lawsuit. We've become entitled, which means we've got a, a great greatly diminished capacity for gratitude. And that means... We're not shooting the serotonin in our brains. We need the proper, uh, to have proper mental health. we become grumblers, people who seem addicted to grievance. Meanwhile, too many parents have been complicit in producing more and more entitled little, sorry to say it, little Frankenstein monsters who are now also suffering from the effects of affluence.
0: Well, I don't think you're making a lot of people happy right now.
1: <laughs> well, probably not, but well, here, let me break it down for those who might think that I'm being too harsh, critical, or unfair. Uh, is anyone happy about going to the dentist with a bad tooth? Well, no. Why? Because in addition to telling you to lay off the sugar, brush your teeth more, and floss more, the dentist is going to put you through something pretty uncomfortable, albeit necessary. Key word, necessary. Yet nobody would say that, th- that the dentist is there to harm us. Will it hurt? Yeah, it's going to hurt a little bit. But the wise person will endure a short-term hurt to keep from being harmed in the long haul. So consider me like a parenting dentist right now. You know, Proverbs 27 6 says this Wounds from a friend can be trusted. It's the enemy that multiplies kisses. So, folks, parents,
0: I'm on your team. I'm your friend. Trust me. And he is. Well, and we're going to talk about some of that necessary today on License to Parent. Our guest today is Anthony Salvaggio. He is a pastor. He is an author. He's a former practicing attorney, and he currently serves as pastor of the Rochester Christian Reformed Church in Rochester, New York, and his latest book is Considering Job.
1: Well, Anthony, welcome to Licensed to Parent.
2: Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here and to have this opportunity to chat with you.
1: Pleasure's all ours, brother. Uh, You know, most of us know about the book of Job. and and many commentaries have been written on it. Uh, What have you brought to light in your book, Considering Job, that you think more parents need to be aware
2: of? Well, I think the important thing um, in our culture is to be able to deal with suffering, to have a understanding of it and, and resilience to it. I think one of the things that is troubling to me is we're kind of creating a culture where People uh, don't expect to suffer, and so we don't equip them to process suffering or to understand suffering. We have created safe places, and you know, and we're raising a generation of people who think nothing bad should happen to them. And then when something does, and it inevitably will for all of us, They're ill-equipped to deal with it. And I think it's important for for parents uh, also to be equipped not only for themselves, but to to kind of instill that understanding in their children, to build in resiliency into them so they can deal with um, suffering when it comes into their lives. And there's no better book in the entire Scripture uh, to really get a hand on that, a handle on that, I should say, than the book of Job. It is a book about suffering and struggling through that and trying to understand how to deal with it and to understand how to serve God while that's going on in your life.
0: So, Anthony, how do we equip our children? How do we help them understand what suffering is and how do we equip them?
2: Uh, one thing, I don't think we want to shield our children um, from suffering. I think we should have conversations with them. And I think also the idea of you know, allowing trouble and trial and tribulation to be part of their lives. I mean, there are moments in your life as a parent, you can kind of see. Your your child might be um, heading for a failure, or um, you know they didn't do the right things to prepare for something, and you can bail them out of those situations, or you can try to you know create a situation for an exception, or sometimes they need to just go through it, and you need to help them through it. That may be the best thing. It's kind of like sometimes you you know, you, you, you break something a little bit, and then it mends even stronger, and mm-hmm. I think we're afraid to let. Bad things happen to our kids in the sense of uh, failure or a trial. Um, and so I think that's one thing, to be aware of that and to have a conversation uh, with that. I think it's also really important for parents because uh, to uh, one of the great lessons of the book of Job, I think, is to remember that the formulas of life don't always work out, too. I think one of the things, and this is, I think, helpful for parents out of the book of Job, one of the things the book of Job does is counterbalance the book of Proverbs. So if you look at the book of Proverbs, it tells us wisdom about how to live. It gives us these equations of life. If you do X, you'll get Y. And you know what? That is true a lot in our lives. It's very important, but it's not always true. And that's what the book of Job offers us. Job is a righteous man who does everything right, and yet it still goes wrong. And I think sometimes, and I see this as a parent, parents... You know, they they do the right things, they follow the scriptures, they try to raise their kids, and sometimes things go wrong. And they think, well, this is a failure of my parenting, or I don't trust the scriptures because I did all these formulas. But the book of Job reminds us it doesn't always work out that way. It doesn't work out perfectly, and it's not necessarily the parent's failure in it. And so I think that's another helpful thing the book of Job gives us.
1: Yeah, that's one thing we have to deal with with the parents that enroll their kids here at Shepherd Till. They they, they come in very often feeling very guilty that they've dropped the ball. They they don't really you know, consider all the negative cultural influences that have just inundated their kids from, from every direction. And, you know, I have to remind them the only perfect parent that ever existed was God the Father, and look <coughs> what his first two kids did. Um, there's a reason our kids here at Shepherd's Hill live in the woods uh, for an entire year. No running water, no electricity, uh, digitally unplugged for an entire year. It is, a, in some weird sense, some would say, what's well, a 360 about a year camping trip, but others would say, no, it's a form of suffering. It's a form of struggle. You have to chop your own wood, and you you, you know to, to stay warm in the winter months. You have to, you know, put things into place to try to stay cool in the summer months. Um, but you know, we have inadvertently, I think, in with all good intent, produced emotionally fragile kids, uh, because I think the parents, m- many of them are l- millennial age now, uh, they were uh, emotionally fragile kids themselves. So any st- slight suffering becomes like a a, just a absolute calamity uh for kids can you talk about the importance of teaching our kids to fail forward in other words you know a a failure doesn't necessarily mean that you know that's what you are but is one step toward what you want to be
2: yeah i think you know it makes me think of this, the story of, of Peter and his account in the New Testament of his failure. I mean, there's someone who denied the Lord three times, right? And mm-hmm. and yet there is this process that Peter emerges from that through the Christian message, through Jesus's interaction with him, rebuilding him. And, you know, this is the guy who preaches at Pentecost and, you know, blows the doors off of it and the the power of the Holy Spirit. So I I think that type of understanding of, you know, these things have to happen for us to be stronger. James talks about this too, you know, the, the whole idea in the first chapter of the book of James about the idea of how trials are used to develop our maturity. He kind of talks about it in growing to perfection. We really can't get to where we're supposed to be as Christians, um, as people, as humans, as God, without some level of failure, of trial coming into our lives, of overcoming loss and trauma in our lives. I mean, obviously the entire story of, of Christ's arc of life is uh, points this out, right? It's, it's a victory through suffering. That's how we're saved. It's, it's a story. And really, the book of Job is foreshadows and prophesies about Jesus that way, because you know it's a whole thing that one of the benefits of the book is if you you know if you just read certain parts, you think, okay well, this is you know I talk about this idea of retribution theology in the in the book, and it's this basic idea of what I mentioned before about a formula that if you do the right things, good things only will happen to you, and Job just basically tells us. That's not true. And there are times when righteous people are going to suffer and they're going to suffer a lot and God has a purpose for it and it's part of uh, who we are. But what that does, Job doing that—is kind of radical for the Old Testament, but it it points to, hey, someone's coming in the future who's going to be perfect. Perfect. Jesus is perfect, right? Impeccable. No sins. And yet he suffers immensely for a purpose. Mm -hmm. And that purpose is to save uh, uh, his people. And so, I just think that idea of understanding that there is a redemptive purpose to suffering is something that Christian parents should always keep in mind, and we shouldn't imbibe an idea of a world where there is no trauma, no calamity, no trials. We should not want to create that for our kids, and if we deal with that as parents, our kids are going to be so much better off, so much more resilient to encounter the world and any suffering that comes mm-hmm. into their lives.
1: Much more emotionally well-adjusted. I think one of the problems, and I know we're coming up on a break, but I think one of the problems is uh, is a little bit of a theological problem. We read Proverbs as if they're doctrine, and I heard one pastor say uh, Proverbs should be looked at as general principles spoken to a people in general with general results. Uh, But I think when you talked about redemptive purposes of of suffering, I think if parents could, could at at, at the earliest age possible, uh, talk to their kids ab- about that because lack of purpose is, is one reason and meaning of life is one reason why we're seeing our schools shut up uh, today. That's just one reason. But uh, when we come back from break, we'll, we'll continue this
0: dialogue. Our guest today unlicensed Licensed to Parent is Anthony Silvaggio. Trace Ambry, Anthony, and I'll be right back after this.
3: children are teens now they're growing up and gaining independence that's kind of the point of parenting isn't it you're raising future responsible adults but they're not responsible adults yet they may be able to do things on their own but you still want to be able to contact them and you want to equip them for success so you decide to get them a smartphone but why a smartphone For most people, that means 24-7 access to everything on the planet. And that's not wise, nor is it healthy. Digital addiction is prevalent these days. In fact, we see teens of all ages dealing with mental health and behavioral issues rooted in overuse of technology. Issues that affect health, wellness, ability to focus, performance in academics, and more. That's why at License to Parent, we want you to choose a wise phone alternative instead of a smartphone. More information is available at toparent.org slash wise phone. Hi, folks. Trace Embry here, host of the License to Parent broadcast and
1: founder of Shepherd's Hill Academy. We've all heard about modern-day miracles, mostly from mission fields. Frankly, I believed about half of them and experienced none of them until about 30 years ago when Christ truly became the Lord of my life. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill is a book that wasn't written as much as it was recorded. It's the true story of how God used a handshake, my family's last $200, and our 30-year odyssey of bumper-to-bumper miracles to acquire a 60-acre farm that was used by the devil and turned it into a 250-acre globally recognized healing ministry for God. I want all people to know that Jesus Christ is still in the miracle-working business for those submitted to His Word, will, and way, and who properly understand what faith truly
3: is. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill, an extraordinary odyssey of divine interventions by Trace Embry. Learn more at LicensedToParent.org.
0: Welcome back to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. Shepherds Hill is a one-year residential program for teens in crisis. And today we're helping you, the parent, think through suffering. Our guest is Anthony Silvaggio. And Anthony, just before the break, we were talking about the redemptive purpose to suffering. And I'm just wondering why we haven't really heard about the redemptive purpose to suffering and how it's going to change our faith, how it's going to strengthen us. At least for me, I haven't heard about that in the last 20 or 30 years laid out quite the way that you laid that out. Why is that?
2: (laughs) Well, the idea that suffering is good is is something that is, I mean, let's face it, none of us want it in our lives, right? And so there's a, obviously a natural aversion to it, understandably so. But there's also just kind of, we've created a, a cultural milieu in which uh, that is not popular if you want to attract people, that message, right? The message is, that's attractive to people is, hey, uh, follow this uh, uh, faith, this process, and you're just going to have, you know, a wonderful life, and you're going to prosper, you're going to be rich and beautiful and thin and and everything else, and nothing's ever going to bad happen to you if you have, and, mm-hmm. you know, some, some ways it's a, uh, you know, whether you want to refer to it as a, as a prosperity gospel or, or what, there has become a, and it's not just, the church is almost like aping or mimicking the, the culture, uh, with an idea that, you exactly. I mean, who wants suffering? I want, I want to feel good. I want to feel good all the time, and I don't want to have any struggles. Right.
1: Well, with the kids and families I deal with at Shepherd's Hill, uh, one of the biggest objectives to surrendering their lives to God through Christ is is this issue of, you know, suffering in the world, uh, common concern. How do parents reconcile a loving and merciful God with their kids with all the pain and suffering that we see in the world today?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. And you, you mentioned, um, some of the the mass shooting things mm-hmm. and these are questions people ask and people are you know how, how can these things happen if there's a good and loving god and that is historically referred to as one of the defeaters of the christian faith right this is one of the apologetic concerns the problem of evil how do we understand evil and with the uh, while maintaining that there's an all good holy powerful god uh, which i do maintain a sovereign god um and it's a it's a problem that has a fancy word as uh, theodicy is the word for it. And and many people think the book of Job is about that. It's not quite about it. The the thing that's I think I struggle with the book of Job is God doesn't really give us an answer um, to why suffering exists uh, in the world. Um, he he you know and I think it's God's prerogative. He's God. He mm-hmm. he instead says I I created everything. And I made everything, and I am a good God, and you need to trust me.
1: Yeah, but uh, Anthony, isn't it a logical outworking of free will—the
2: idea of uh, human suffering, of suffering? I so mean, creating our own suffering.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, like I mentioned earlier about self-inflicted wounds. A lot of this stuff is, you know, coming from just the fact that we we we've rebelled against God. In generally speaking, or. We'll, pretty much across the board to one degree or another. And suffering is, I mean, how, how else? What other mechanism does an infinite God have to get a finite amoeba-sized brain like ours in comparison to come to him, to pursue him? It's not in the health, wealth, and prosperity message. Uh, it, it, people are on their knees when they've hit rock bottom. That's when they start looking up. And it, it may be the only mechanism God has in a, in a world that he's allowed to have free will. Because without free will, there is no love. Love does not exist without free will. And, and God gave us that opportunity to love. And he couldn't do that without giving free will. And could there be good without evil to compare it to? Yeah. Are you, are you yeah. tracking with me?
2: I am tracking with you. So, you know, I'm I'm doing a preaching series right now about meeting Jesus, and the reason people sought out Jesus a lot, uh, many of the, the occasions for it was because something awful had just happened in their lives. Their life fell apart. They became desperate. And they were brought low. Suffering came in their lives, and it shook the foundations. And it, and then they sought out Jesus Christ. I mean, Jairus' daughter. This is an example, right? Here's a here's this synagogue leader who's, you know, used to controlling things. He's well off. He he's begging Jesus, pleading with him to save his child because his world has just been crushed. The, the woman who had the hemorrhage for twelve years, you know, she, she seeks him out in the crowd. She's kind of a pariah. She shouldn't even be there, right? She's unclean and all this, and she through this crowd, just the touch is closed, you know, it's uh, it's this picture of people who are in suffering, who are in trial, and you're totally right, that so often brings us to Christ, and when we're in Christ even, it is the suffering that often um, helps us to be sanctified, to grow in Christ, because uh, sometimes we lose track of Jesus and our own prosperity and, and our and our affluence. We, we kind of lose Him, uh, thinking again we fool ourselves into thinking we're self-sufficient and self-reliant, and that we don't need God in our lives. And so I am with you 100 percent that that is uh, that is part of uh, the, the suffering is used to to bring us uh, to Jesus to make us see our need.
0: So Anthony, help me break this down, okay? I'm talking to my fifteen year old, and my fifteen year old is going through some horrible things, has been canceled, is is walking through, you know, some hard things at school. A lot of suffering is going on. And when we apply Job's story to that, and we say, Well, we won't know for 40 or 50 years what this suffering's going to produce, help me understand how to have that kind of conversation with this this young child who it just feels like the whole world has gone crazy on her.
2: Yeah. Okay. So I think one of the great lessons of the book of Job, and I'm trying to remember this as a parent too, um, you yeah, know, his friends, he has these three friends in the, in the book, they get a lot of things wrong and what they, uh, but one thing they got really right was their first response to Job. Job had gone through Job one and two. He goes through all this terrible uh, things happening loses everything basically, and he's sitting there and as you know he's he's just he's forlorn and the uh his friends come and they just sit and they sit with him so I would say to to parents uh to sit and listen to your child as 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 a first step, and I think this is true for all suffering if you're dealing with people in suffering, and I think about this as a pastor, you walk into a situation like that. The first thing you want to do is be slow to speak, you know, and much quicker to to hear Mm -hmm. and to sit with somebody, to walk with them, understand their shoes. Then there's a time, right? There's a time to talk about these basic theological foundations. One of my points in the book of Job, the book of Job is not really valuable when you're in the crucible of suffering. It's really something you need to read and build a foundation of before you encounter suffering. It's mm, kind of a preparatory good. book. Mm-hmm. And I think that, so in conversations with your children, after you listen to them, because right, they're going to be experiencing a set, you know, a, a, obviously a, a much lower maturity level than you, uh, is then to begin to help them, equip them with these foundations, uh, these principles of Scripture that help them to process suffering, uh, build these layers, um, these, you know, like a... Uh, you know, you can look at the, a tree and the rings of a tree, right? You know what years the, the, that tree had a, a hard year, um, but that there's you're building these kind of layers upon layers of theology and, and Christian foundation in their lives, so that they'll be better equipped the next time. So it's both listening and then speaking truth into the lives of your children, speaking to these things, making sure they're a part of uh, of a healthy church where they hear these um, uh, doctrines proclaimed and that, that foundation is laid in their lives. Well,
1: we're, the clock is winding down, but um, uh, I just come out with a book called The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill. And it's basically a 35-year bumper-to-bumper series of miraculous events that took place in my life, my wife's life, and which launched this globally impactful ministry we have here at Shepherd's Hill Academy and, and Licensed to Parent. But we went through a lot of struggles and the thing that seemed to just walk us through every one of them. And when we handle it correctly, the Lord just seemed, there's always a blessing right around the corner. And and I'm going through that right now, actually, where the importance of praising God and thanking him through our deepest sorrows. Can you uh, talk about the, for lack of a better way to say it, the the magic behind praising God and thanking him for allowing us to go through the uh, dark times? (laughs)
2: <laughs> Though he slay me, yet yeah, will I trust him, right? That, uh, yeah. um, that, uh, it's hard. You know, and I think one of the good things about the book of Job is, is there's honesty there. I mean, Job almost goes off the rails a bit on the, uh, he gets a little bit bitter and he, he uh, towards God, understandably so, and he, he gets kind of corrected along the way. Um, you know and God even puts them on the the witness stand there and say you know where were you when i formed the the, the, the earth you know and uh, kind of just kind of but job the book ends with 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 praise and and uh i think it's a um it, it is important but it's hard right it's hard uh to do that in the midst of suffering yeah but, it's hard but uh, yeah
1: it's kind of like this imagine you know you're you're a parent and your child turns around, tears in eyes, grabs you around the neck, and praises you and thanks you for being a good father, a good mother, because of what you've done. What is your next move as a parent going to be? I'll leave it at that. I mean, I'm going to invent ways to bless that child when I know that the child actually got it.
0: Our guest today on Licensed a Parent has been Anthony Salvaggio. Anthony is the author of Considering Job. Anthony, thank you so much for being our guest today.
2: Thank you very much for having me. Thank you, sir.
0: Thanks for listening to Licensed to Parent. Licensed to Parent is an extension of Shepherds Hill Academy, our year-long, Christ-centered, wilderness-based residential program for troubled teens. You can learn more about this ministry to teens and their families at our website, licensedtoparent.org. Shepherds Hill Academy is expanding our campus, and we need your help. Would you consider giving a financial gift? A gift of any amount to Shepherd's Hill brings hope and healing to families in crisis. You can give securely online by clicking the donate button at the top of the page when you visit licensetoparent.org. Thanks to our team for making today possible. Our producer is Rich Rosel. Carl Pietz is our technical producer. Daniel Fazina is our guest coordinator. For Trace Embry, I'm Michelle Hill, inviting you to join us again next time to renew your license to Parent.
3: And
1: remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.